where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. This morning we're continuing with a our Be the Church sermon series, and we've gotten to that place in the list where it says, Love God. Amy's message to all of us was a wonderful reminder that God is love, and that's sometimes much easier to look at. You know, the teaching that God loves each person and all of creation intimately, that God is present, or as our choir shared, we are not alone. And it's not because we're in a church, and it's not because... Uh, for those of us who identify as Christian, that we are not alone or that God is with us, it's because we're among the living. And I hope that these truisms are familiar to you. But if they're not, I commend to you perhaps some reading of the Pew Bibles while I continue. Um, Isaiah chapter 43 or Isaiah chapter 55 or even Psalm 139. Consider that your drink of water. We have to give ourselves adequate time to experience and to recognize the love of God to do that other part, which is loving God. You know the love of God, filled with God's love like drinking water from a cup. Or bathing in God's light like the sunshine on the trail or the light that streams through a window. Even a car windshield. Or feasting on God's love as you gaze upon the beauty of creation or the ones you share your days with. You know those glimmers of beauty that sometimes catch you by surprise. The twinkle in your child's eye when he barrels down the stairs and suddenly the 16-year-old becomes the four-year-old that you once knew. Or hearing God's voice of love and promise and grace in songs and scriptures. Or perhaps for you, God's love comes through really strongly when you feel this momentum or this energy that doesn't quit that compels you to take the next courageous step or that compels you to a conversation or an action that brings healing and wholeness. Loving God is the other side of the equation. And it turns out it's really important. It shows up in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are all pretty similar. It's like the cartoon that has a teacher in the front of the class, and she says, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, I'd like to see you after class. Your essays are remarkably similar. (laughs) There are some differences, for sure. 
But in all three accounts, when the question of what is most important comes up, the answer is, you shall love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is what is most important. Those first words, love God. I'm guessing you know the second part of that. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I have to tell you, it was hard for me to stick with that first part all week. I kind of wasn't sure if I wanted to look at, am I, do I love God well? I guess it was presumptuous that I even thought I or knew that I loved God. I wanted to make sure I was doing it well. And when Jesus gave that answer, or when that answer was part of the conversation, because in one instance it wasn't Jesus who said it, it was Jesus that turned the question on, on the person who was asking and said, well, tell me, you tell me what's most important. In both, in all those cases... You shall love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. They were quoting scripture. The Hebrew Testament has 613 different precepts, and this answer was a synthesis of all of that. It comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Love God with your heart, with your soul, with your might. The other part, the second part that we all know, comes from Scripture also. The book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 18, love your neighbor as yourself. So this wasn't just something that came to Jesus at the moment, or came to those who knew Scripture. It was the product of their wrestling and their contemplation and their discernment. And that's not all. It's also in the Gospel of John, but in a very different way. John was a very different writer, and we'll get to that in a moment. But the fact that it is in all four Gospels is a really big deal. And so I have to ask you this morning, do you hear this love God in the commandment voice? You shall love God. I mean, that doesn't work on me. Or do you hear it in the voice that says, let yourself love God. Let yourself be found. In other words, stop running. Just stop for just a second and turn around. Let yourself be seen. And let yourself see the God that's right there. If you hear it in the first voice, I could understand why you'd keep moving. Take time to know God by contemplating scriptures and listening to the music and allowing the beauty to open you. But as I considered what loving God looks like and sounds like, I thought about the people I have known who love God. It's so obvious. And I think it's helpful to know that I lived in a community of nuns and priests for three months, three different times. I learned a lot about love from them. 
and loving God. So here's what I remembered about those beautiful people. They took themselves lightly. They laughed easily, and they admitted when they messed up. They were easy to be around. There was always room for more. It was never, no, we're going here, you can't come. They didn't seek or need a lot of attention. They saw the beauty of the world, and they saw beauty in people. And they could recover and come back around pretty quickly if they were off the mark. You know, grumpy, crabby, impatient. Jesus demonstrated all those things. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't we? They knew the difference between care and curiosity, and they allowed for privacy. They exhibited gentleness and compassion in the face of confession and conflict. They recognized when somebody was saying something really important, and they just listened and didn't have to move to speech. And they genuinely wrestled and were slower to judgment. I guess in a word, they were authentic. They embodied the fullness of what it means to be human, and they were comfortable with who they were. Do you love God? Do you want to? I think about the signs of love. You know, how do we know if we love someone? Well, we recognize their voice, right? We turn to them for help and support. We value their guidance. We receive what they say respectfully and thoughtfully. We don't just dismiss it. And we have what I want to call a healthy fear. You know, there's this thing in, in my life with Beth that I know that if I am avoiding eye contact and a topic, I really need to say something. And it might not be what I want to say, because maybe I'm afraid to hurt Beth or disappoint her with something that I did, which was below the mark, if you will. But I think a really healthy sign of love is that we want to please the other person. And let me be clear here. I'm using the word please, not appease. There's a huge difference. If you don't know the difference, Google it. So now let's look at how the Gospel of John talks about this love God thing in a really different way. Chapter 15, verse 12, Jesus says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. In other words, people who love God love as God loves. How did Jesus love? Well, go back to the list of the people that I lived with, the people that were my teachers. And perhaps you have things to add as well. This is a really good moment to figure out which God you're following based on how God loves. It's not that. It's this.
There's a musician from Boulder. His name is Aaron Strumpel. I think I got that right. And it's like my new favorite song. I, I can't get it out of my head. And the song is called Give Me Your Hand. And I love this song because I think it speaks to the personal and the communal image of God's love. And it says, give me your hand and we'll walk, walk down together. Lift up your hands and we'll sing, sing here together. How good it is to know you, God. How blessed we are to have each other. You hold us all close by your side. What's the song that goes through your head? that speaks of love personally and in community. Also in the Gospel of John, a little bit further, we get into this love thing even more deeply, and it's a resurrection story, so we can expect it to be a little bit different, right? John chapter 21, Jesus says to Peter, Do you love me? Yes, you know I do. Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Yes, I already told you I love you. Okay, tend my sheep. Really pushing the limits here. How about now? Do you love me? Mm Mm-hmm. Feed my sheep. Sort of the love your neighbor piece, right? But that's not the end of the exchange. The end of the exchange is... Follow me. In other words, let me lead you. Let me take you to places you might not want to go. And we can let love do this because love compels us to healing and wholeness. Now, I only know this from my own experience, and I hope you know some of this from yours as well. That's how you can tell if God is leading you, if it leads you toward more intimacy. It's a very vulnerable feeling. It can be very uncomfortable, but that's what love is. And it leads us toward greater understanding and greater communion with all of life. So let me lead you. Let me be your dance partner and let me take the lead. You can step on my feet all you want. In fact, maybe start with your feet on my feet. In your bulletin today, on the third inside panel, there are examples of what love looks like in community. And this came from the National Church, from the United Church of Christ National And we've printed it in the bulletin because it's for you to take with you. You can read it now if you want to. But these are the marks of a lot of people that have thought long and hard about this, of what it means to love God through community. And they're helpful benchmarks. These are practices to engage with intention. Small steps, if you will, in the marathon of discipleship or the marathon of life. I imagine God saying to us, give me your hand. Give me your hand, UCC Longmont. Give me your hand, First Congregational UCC Longmont. And we'll walk 
will walk through this life together. And we'll walk away from an experience and we'll say, how good it is to know you, God. How blessed we are to have each other. You hold us all close by your side. How do you do it? May we hold you close in return. And may we look to you in return. Because as Amy said to the children, we were made for this. Friends, our worship has ended, but our worship continues as we go from this place to be in service of the God that loved us first and that invites us to love him, her, them as well. So when you go, wherever you go, may you love God so much that you love nothing else too much. And may you fear God just enough that you need fear nothing else at all. Go in that kind of love and go and be instruments of peace. Go and be instruments of compassion. Go and be witnesses of that God. Amen.